This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Barbecue Store, the official provider of barbecue supplies to listeners of Pitmaster. And you don't want to miss out on this discount from the Kansas City Barbecue Store. From smokers and fuel to rubs and sauces, the Kansas City Barbecue Store has everything and anything you could possibly want. Make the Kansas City Barbecue Store your one-stop shop for all your outdoor cooking needs. As a listener of the OVS Pitmaster podcast, you can get 10% off of your order this spring by using the code PITPOD, P-I-T-P-O-D, all caps, for online orders at www.thekansascitybarbecuestore.com. Welcome to another edition of Pitmaster, and Old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, and I am here with someone I just recently met a couple weeks ago at Memphis in May. I am here with Aaron, also known as the Barbecue Duchess with Ubons. How are you? I am good. How are you, Luke? I'm good. I'm still recovering from Memphis. <laughs> yeah, I feel that <laughs> so hard. Um, we were we were just discussing Memphis in May uh, is like the Mardi Gras of barbecue, and it starts on a Wednesday and goes all the way to the Saturday. And then uh, a few days later, Ubons was headed off to Denver for the Denver Barbecue Fest. So oh, I uh, I was up. Very early yesterday morning, heading back to Mississippi, and um, I am really proud that my voice is actually working. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was supposed to go out to the Q-Fest myself, and I'm not quite sure how you guys did it. I It would have destroyed me doing that on back-to-back weekends. Yeah, it's it doesn't hurt being 30-ish, um, <laughs> and uh, it also doesn't hurt having libations and lots and lots of sunscreen. There you go. There you go. Um, I, this was my first experience of Memphis in May. And oh, wow. I didn't realize I, that. I absolutely had a tremendous time. It was uh, an interesting competition. Of course, we had all the interesting stuff going on with the Food Network and Chef Simon mm-hmm. and all of that. So that was an added level of <laughs> complexity. A little but, extra. <laughs> yeah. But you guys finished 10th place, I believe. Yeah, we did. We did. Nice. Um, this is the fifth year in a row, and I want to knock on everything wood. The fifth year in a row that um, the next generation of barbecue has cooked a whole hog at Memphis in May and received top 10. So I'm feeling very, very jazzed about that. Um, <laughs> and I, I could not be happier. I do know after Memphis, I legitimately could not speak. There was no tones. No tones at all coming out of my voice. <laughs> and you guys also had a great time. Um, we did. We did. Yeah. It's a Memphis is always a really, um, really wonderful time in the world of barbecue. Um, really, it's a it's a family reunion, if you will. A lot of us only see each other once a year. And it's always at this event. And I think it's, uh, we, we bond so much because we're crazy enough to do this wild world of barbecue that just destroys your body. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's not necessarily the biggest money maker in the world, but, um, hell, we always say we, we win if we break even. Um, but it is, it's really, really fun. And, and growing up in it, um, I started I think when I was four, uh, following wow. along. Um, 
and I'm now 31 and just growing up in this, it's very, I don't know. It's a very peculiar and very different world and not a whole lot of people understand it, but that's why Memphis is is just so wonderful because (laughs) it's open to the public and, and some people can kind of gauge how this world works. (laughs) <laughs> now I will tell you and I didn't prep you for this but I did I think I brought you I can't remember if I brought you the duck belly the or the duck taco uh, mm-hmm. the, duck, the duck bow bun but I happened into your tent and saw that you were I believe cooking with some celebrity oh that- yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah again you never know what's going on so, um, barbecue, barbecue is a, a wild one. Um, so we had Deandra, who is a real housewife of Dallas and she, um, she met Leslie Roark, who is the, yeah. who owns U-Bonds. Um, and sh- they met at the Houston rodeo and Deandra was very, um, very is is very curious about barbecue and is really really drawn to women in barbecue and so it was a natural fit that she would come and hang out with us at Memphis in May as we are um, a very strong female led team uh, very vocal about that and very successful um, and one really cool aspect of Memphis style barbecue all the pitmasters have zero secrets we don't care uh, we want <laughs> we want more people to join this this circus and uh, so we were were always open to sharing secrets and all that and deandra was it was very drawn to that so she she and i hung out a good bit of the weekend we uh <laughs> we went over to carrie bringle's wife's tent uh delania's tent and had a few right. jello shots throughout the weekend it was just great <laughs> it was wonderful <laughs> I saw you a bunch of times during the weekend, and I didn't see you one time without a smile on your face. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. The life of the party. It's hard to be mad, man. It's hard to be mad, <laughs> and it's just so fun. And I mean, it's exhausting work. So if you aren't having fun doing it, then why are you there? Like, there are are there going to be times of frustration, but just let it let it roll off. You're going to be fine. It's, and it's I. Right. I walked in and I didn't come in at first because I just watched you having this housewife. She was <laughs> arm deep in that hog and yeah. she was just getting it done and you were cheering her on. I'm like, Absolutely. this is one of the, this is one of the coolest fly on the wall moments I've had in barbecue. <laughs> I was like, this is so good. Um, but all that being said and the way that you were instructing her and the way that you conducted yourself throughout the weekend from my observations that you have a tremendous confidence in what you're doing. Where does that confidence come from? Well, thank you so much. That's (laughs) very touching. Um, yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned before, um, my family, my dad joined U-Bonds in 1996 and I was four years old. And at that time we were a, a predominantly competition team. And so we traveled on the Memphis barbecue circuit uh, probably did two competitions a month, probably six to eight months out of the year. And we gained a, n- a name for ourselves, I guess. So barbecue festivals became very popular. Um, Danny Meyer started this festival in New York called the Big Apple Block Party mm-hmm. or Barbecue Block Party. Uh, and that was around 15 or 16 years ago. And we were fortunately one of the chosen teams to go and I think that was because we are considered a Mississippi ambassador of barbecue. 
Um, so at a very early age, um, I was given a lot of responsibility alongside my sister. We were the OG barbecue kids. Um, <laughs> and we had to learn how to, how to talk. We had to learn how to conduct ourselves. And if we just sat around and did nothing, we would not be invited back. So there was a lot of responsibility given to us the older we got. And so growing up, the taller we got, the more responsibilities we got. <laughs> um, and I am 5'10", so I have a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but essentially, we started getting our hands dirty probably around nine-ish. Um, and so I like to say that I have about as much ex experience as your average pit master. I'm just half his age. And, uh, and, and <laughs> probably... Around the age of 16, I just really started using my voice and started taking over. And my original nickname was Barbecue Duchess. And a few years ago, I was dubbed the boss lady of U-Bonds just because <laughs> uh, I like to motivate people to do the correct thing. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. So grew up uh, doing that. And my bread and butter is whole hog. And it, it does take a lot of confidence to, one, do it and trust yourself to, to cook this massive animal for hours and hours at a time. I cook my hogs for 20 hours. Um, and it, it takes a lot of confidence to convey that you can do it um, and, and allow the next generation or the, the first generation to trust you. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to have a team and have that support system. So um, confidence has never been lacking in my life. Uh, <laughs> honestly, if, if, if I didn't have it, something would be really wrong. Um, but yeah, I've just been doing it for a really long time. And I've, I've, I've learned that as long as you trust yourself or at least convey that you trust yourself, others will trust you as well. And then they'll begin to trust themselves, which is why with Deandra this weekend, she was very curious and had not had the opportunity to just play with a pig. And this is the world championship. And as long as you uh, give the confidence of yourself leading someone doing it, they'll start trusting themselves more. And this, this uh, legacy of barbecue will continue. That's an incredible lesson. In terms of being a pit master and being a leader, if you don't have that confidence then why should your team? Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I try and tell that to my teammates all the time. And there are days when I don't have that, um, but I try not to show that. Yeah. Because if, to... if, if I'm doubting what I'm doing, then they're going to doubt what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody, somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. It's fire. Like, who, who the hell knows what's going to go with, on, with fire and weather and rain? And sometimes you get people that you're just not going to feel strong that day. You, sometimes you, you get sick. That's life. But you do that fake it till you make it mentality. And eventually, your team will learn to trust themselves, even when you're not on your 100%. Absolutely. And it's barbecue, man. At the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. This That's is some right. redneck, redneck stuff we're doing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you were 1996, you were four. I was four, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, it, it's, I, it's I was a sophomore in college. <laughs> 
it's a it's a super wild ride. And Leslie's son, who who's coming up, Jacob Scott, uh, he's 19 years old and just finished his first year of college. And I'm the age uh, that my dad started cooking barbecue. Period. It, oh wow! It was super weird. Um, and and like uh, John David Wheeler, who who helped win Grand Champion this year, he's he's seen me grow up. Yeah, Ross Capwell, same way. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a wonderful community um, and one that people don't know a whole lot about. Um, they just, whenever you hear Pitmaster, you automatically assume a bunch of, bunch of big dudes with beards and they're just drinking beer and shooting <laughs> the shit and just whatever. But there's a, there's a really cool, really cool um, environment uh, and ecosystem that goes along with what, this is it's bigger than just a bunch of dudes cooking absolutely yeah Yeah. and there's even um we were talking with uh, a bunch of people this weekend and um the og barbecue community before gary roark who who uh helped start u-bonds or he was the start of u-bonds with his daughter leslie um before him women were not allowed to get on a trailer like this was a way to get away from the wives, get away from the girlfriends. And a lot of people didn't like him because he let his daughter take the reins. He, he did that. And um, it was just a very, very different environment. And the, the biggest question that we often get is what was it like growing up uh, as a woman in barbecue? And for Leslie and I, we didn't know it was a, a big deal. We had no idea because we weren't treated in a way that we were different. Um, the, I always say the greatest gift my dad ever did was not treat me any differently than my brother. Um, there was no, there's nothing that we could not do at all. I mean, hell, we were mandated to do everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just what it was. And now that I, I'm looking back and realizing the last 25 years of barbecue, how much it has shifted and so much has changed. And the landscape of barbecue is not just a big dude with a beard, just shooting the shit and saying, Hey y'all come on down. Like it's, it's, it's very different. There's this great sense of pride with it too, especially when you get your family involved. That is, that is something that I'm really loving to see is that multi-generations are happening and multi-generational teams are happening. And that's the only way that this hobby continues and this way of life continues. And it has come a long way, but I still think that there's a long way to go. Um, Yeah, I would agree with you on that. (laughs) You you hear a lot of uh, mansplaining out there. And Mm -hmm. that can be challenging to deal with. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It is... uh... That, that does happen. Um, I, I learned that, or I think I recognize it more now. Um, I, I, for a living, I do digital marketing. And so um, I'm very good at explaining things and like taking back and listening and seeing people's perspectives. That is the ultimate, ultimate fascination for me is how people think um, and, and why they think the way that they do. And barbecue has been such a wonderful place of different conversations to happen, but it does take patience to let, uh, to let people get their, get their stereotypes out there and then find a way to, to reform their mindsets. 
Um, and a lot of it to, uh, whenever they see a girl of my stature, um, picking up a pig and all of this, I'm just like, what are you doing? And where is your father? And it's just like, no, we're good. I promise. But, um, yeah, there's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, and I'm also learning, this is what a uh, one reason why I really love hogs is because not a whole lot of people do them. Um, and so when they see me doing it, they come up to me for, for, uh, advice or how did you start doing this? And, and it just starts that conversation. If you do something like ribs, which uh, it is difficult, but that is a, I don't know, four to five hour process and it's much more manageable. Then that's when you'll start get the mansplaining of like, well, this is what I do. This is what I do. But whenever <laughs> you have hogs going on, you're automatically put on this pedestal of, oh, this girl knows what she's talking about. I guess I can, she's worthy enough to have this conversation. Um, but it, it just like an even playing ground fully, fully. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, watching all of the hog cooks in Memphis. Man, I learned I learned more about cooking hogs in those three days than I've learned in the twenty five years that I've done this. Just yeah, watching, watching, that. and listening, and <laughs> taking my own advice on this podcast to just sit there and shut the fuck up and listen to what's going on. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can you can get a lot done that way. Yeah, well, that's the hard part, though, because we all like we all like putting our little two cents in there. We do, we do, <laughs> and we and all love competition. So you just you got to give everybody a little bit of shit, just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> we love talking about our successes as well, mm-hmm. but one of my favorite things to talk about are failures. Yeah. Do you have a favorite failure of yours during a competition where you really learned something and it set you up for success later? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, we, we do now we do three competitions a year and the rest of it are festivals like traveling and, and feeding people a ton of meat. But one of these three festivals that we do a year is, uh, our anniversary cook. And it is in a, in a Cleveland, Mississippi called Oktoberfest. It's an old school competition. It's been there forever. Um, and it's one of my favorite things. And we always do a pig there, always do a whole hog. We're known for our whole hogs there. And so we decide to, uh, we order a pig and we get to the butcher and the pig isn't dead yet. So, but it has been moved to the front of the line. So (laughs) the morning that we are going to put on a pig or yeah, that afternoon we're going to put it on. This pig is alive still. And so <laughs> that was interesting. So we, we get the pig harvested is the nice way to say it. Um, it's bled out for maybe an hour and then put in a, a cooler and ice down. And so we get to Cleveland and put the pig on the table and start like, we have a, a system of like breaking its ribs so we can access the cavity, all of that. It is the easiest prep I have ever done in my life because the pig is so loose. And I'm like, oh, hell, well, this might be a way to go. Okay, cool. Inject it, everything, it goes on. Well, my dad and I are typically the overnight crew. Um, and hell, it's, it's slowly becoming me and Jacob. But um, on this particular overnight crew, uh, 
we're going through the motions, doing our thing. And typically around two o'clock is when it starts to break down and you start seeing grease. We always cook it running style. Um, to me, that's the proper way to do it. But again, I am a very opinionated person. Um, <laughs> and so it's not letting go. Not at two o'clock, not anything. I'm like, all right. And this is an easy cook. Like there's no rain. It's like 75 degrees all night long. We're good. And so my dad and I are looking at each other like, what is going on? And around five o'clock that morning, we start seeing something. Something start to drip, but it's like red. And that's not normal. And so we are very old school in that we do not look at our pigs the entire night. We don't have probes. We don't have anything. I just know how my, my smoker is supposed to cook. So um, we'll open it for the first time around 7 a.m. after putting it on. And we open it, and it looks correct, but it's feeling really wrong in that when you, when you feel the, the shoulder and feel the ham, very wrong. So we flip it around, and we just crank the heat like, I guess this, I guess because it, it died so soon, um, the fat's <laughs> just not ready to render. Okay. But we have judging in t- like two hours, three was hours. Was it tight? Like was it still really tight? Uh-huh. I mean, you, you couldn't do anything. And so <laughs> an hour before we do blind box, we uh, expose the, the loin and the bacon. And so we, we cut a flap. And I'm starting to press the bacon and I can't get my finger through the bacon. And that's unheard of. Like for cooking a pig for 19 hours at that point, you can't even get your finger through the bacon. We had to cut bacon. I was like, holy shit. Well, this is bad. And dad's (laughs) like, well, screw it. We should just DQ ourselves. And at that particular competition, there's very few hogs. I was like, no, no, no. We're going to get this pig paid for. Um, But I lifted how I know my pigs are done is I like lift the shank on the shoulder. And if it's let go, I know we've done something right. I lifted the shank and the entire pig lifted with it. It was that firm. And so that was the, that was the worst hog I've ever cooked in my life ever. That was the first time in my life that we threw a pig away after a judging, like we couldn't, we couldn't pull it. Wow. And so I learned that you cannot, Cook a pig that has not been cooled down properly and has not gone through rigor mortis because the pig that we cooked went through rigor mortis while cooking. And that's what happened. It's like, well, and now we have a running joke whenever we go and pick up pigs. Is the pig dead yet? Because if it ain't, we ain't going. (laughs) That's a tremendous story. Make sure your pig is dead at least a day before. It has got to cool down. (laughs) that is a great story what's been the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you oh man there's so many so um i would say we have some really really cool stories with barbecue um my sister she uh she's also a a hog cook and and very very talented but she is the exact opposite of me she is very blonde very pale uh, but she is six one and like super thin. And when we were up in New York, she was uh, spotted and asked to go to open calls. And um, so at a barbecue event, she was spotted to become a runway model. And the next week she was headed to, she was signed and headed to Austria on, on her first gig. And that was wow. all because of barbecue. Um, 
we have done uh we have several members of the of our team who've been on chopped we um we were followed by michael simon last year for his barbecue usa series um i just i i think it's just wonderful to be um i guess one of the first ish women in barbecue maybe we aren't the first but I would say Leslie Roark and Melissa Cookston are the first women in barbecue and um, it's, it's incredible. And Amy Mills and it's really, really cool. And we are the, the next part of that. And so being the continuing legacy of women in barbecue is so cool. It's really awesome. Um, in Denver two days ago, <laughs> our episode of barbecue USA apparently was just on repeat on normal cable television. <laughs> And I had about 10 people walk up to me and say, are you, are you the barbecue duchess? And I was like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, I can't believe it. We saw you on TV yesterday. And that, that still floors me of just being spotted uh, for, and known for barbecue, which is something like it is the biggest passion of my life. Um, and I'll go to work so that I can do barbecue. And it is, it's just so awesome. And growing the family that we have, we, we always say it was family by choice, but we have family all <laughs> over the nation, all over the world and people we have, we would have never met because we just started a fire and started cooking pieces of meat on a grill. <laughs> like, what is that? It's so cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Those are great stories. So your <laughs> sister got, oh, that's cr- incredible. And she was in Austria the next week. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, it like because of barbecue, we were able to start a Bloody Mary mix company. Yeah. Um, we partnered with some guys from New York doing that. Uh, never would have happened if we would not have traveled. Um, we get to go to St. Louis and Denver and Kansas City and and Dallas and all these places. And, and I think one of the coolest things is being able to change the stereotype of what it means to be a Mississippian. Um, we, Mississippi gets a really bad rap and we do have a, a very, uh, hard history. Um, and we have a lot of really bad statistics, but there is so much beauty that comes from this state, so much art, so much culture, so, so much, uh, strength that comes from this state. And whenever we travel, we get to change the mindsets of people and change the, the, the perspective of what, what it means to visit the state and what it means to be from this state. And that is overall like truly the coolest thing. It's so That's an, nice. We're going to go tangent here pretty hard because <laughs> I, I'm originally from West Virginia. Oh yeah, but I so <laughs> right there we go. <laughs> Same stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yep, and mm-hmm. uh, and I was so fun fact. Last two weeks ago was my first time ever to Mississippi. Wow! Yeah, I, mm-hmm. it was my forty seventh state that I've been to, and I couldn't help but notice the parallels between there and West Virginia a little bit in terms of socioeconomic things and uh but also just how nice everybody was mm-hmm. um especially when i was in southern mississippi and i went into a best buy like i, I couldn't understand anybody but, <laughs> but we, ever- do need, we do need captions <laughs> under a few people yeah <laughs> but it was just an incredible experience to 
spend a day there really and mm-hmm. kind of see what the people were like and see see the similarities between that and West Virginia. Oh yeah, it's, fu- it's funny. We are always like, "Well, thank God for Mississippi. We're not last in this." So. <laughs> yeah, we say that about Arkansas and Alabama. Oh, yeah. yeah, the running joke, which just is untrue, but it's a funny joke, is that you know the the difference between Mississippi and Alabama. What? Alabama's family tree is a straight line. I think ours have branches. <laughs> oh my gosh! And Alabamans cannot drive. Oh, I think it, no one in any state can drive, it, like, at all. Everybody's terrible. Everybody. I truly hated my trip through <laughs> Alabama. I was like, this is brutal. I'm um, so sorry. <laughs> please make make better decisions, guys. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> I love, I, I just w- want to encourage people to use their blinkers. Just use them. It's That'd be there. Great. It's there for a reason. Yeah, it's not it'd a... <laughs> be wonderful. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But Mississippi and, and West Virginia and all these places. Yeah, we do have we do have some issues, but um, there is some really really great things. And you are correct about the accents. Uh, we had several volunteers during our time in Denver to help with uh, expediting, and and we didn't have point of sale, but handing out and. Um, I always do a big spiel, but I always end it with, we are Southern people, we are drinking, so the more we drink, the harsher our accents get, and you can just, they're going to tell you stuff, and you may not understand it, but you can ask them to repeat that, and that's okay. No one's going to get their feelings hurt if you ask them to repeat it, because they love to talk too, so yeah. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit yeah. into into gear. Um, do you, what, what's, let's see, you've had so much experience cooking barbecue your whole life. So this is kind of hard because you (laughs) probably had a lot of the infrastructure already available to you. What do you guys Mm -hmm. cook your hogs on? So, uh, we are, (laughs) uh, we started off, like I said, way long time ago before any sort of deals, any form of relationships. And my uncle, who is a welder by trade, made our first hog cooker out of an old water tank. So it was that with an offside wood box. And that's what I still cook my hogs on today. Whenever I go do caterings, I bring that joker. She's as old as I am. She's got her quirks, but she's a beast. Um, and then we also, what we did in Memphis was the second iteration of that. My uncle made this, uh, it's called a D and W, a driver and welder special. Um, he built this double walled, uh, smoker. That's very similar to a backwoods, but I'm call it made for tall people. Uh, (laughs) the door goes all the way up. It's a little bit higher set. Um, and the rack comes out and it's on a swivel. Um, but it's essentially a, a souped up backwoods and it's got like a main wood box, a giant underneath and then a 45 gallon water tank. And then, uh, we've got space for several racks, but we do our right side up hog or our running style hog. I apologize. Um, (laughs) on that one. And then for Memphis, we do two hogs for the uh for the blind box or two hogs in general but one is for the blind box and so we did another one on an old hickory and that one was the upside down it allows all that bark and um beautiful caramelization and so we can utilize that for that 
whenever we are on the festival circuit, it's all old hickories. They are a, I mean, they can just crank out food. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that for competition, you don't need the gas. Um, hell, you can't use it. But I, I'm an old school girl. If I'm going to cook barbecue for a competition or for my family, I'm not using gas. Um, I think gas grills are communist and a cop out. So don't use them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, that's my dad speaking for me right there. But, um, yeah, I, I love an old hickory. Uh, and, and backwoods are tried and true. Now, I know that pellet, pellet cookie, cookers are becoming more and more popular. Um, we have a really good friend uh, who, who works for Green Mountain Grills, and we've been able to play with those quite a bit. And those are really, really awesome whenever you don't want to have to mess with a chimney. Um, yeah. But for for my my grill back at home, it's a Weber, and that thing is like probably eight years old at this point, and rusted <laughs> and all sorts. But it is great, and I can turn it into a pseudo water smoker and do a shoulder and a shoulder and maybe three racks of ribs on it. Um, but to That's me, cool. the, the Weber is the best home grill out there, and it's very affordable. You can do all sorts of fancy things. But ultimately, barbecue and grilling is about the fire. And if you don't know fire, you it doesn't matter how many fancy things you buy. Right. It's not going to change your product. So as long as you learn fire, it just it's a practice thing. That's all That's it is. Repetition. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. This podcast is brought to you by BarbecueData.com. BarbecueData.com is your one-stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data. Historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to BarbecueData.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on BarbecueData.com. What's a purchase of $100 or less that has most positively impacted your competition barbecue? Like a little mm. tool or something that's... Um, a bed sheet. <laughs> a bed sheet. A bed sheet. Uh, yeah. So uh, we put a bed sheet on our pigs and it creates the most beautiful mahogany color possible. And a lot of people cover pigs in aluminum foil if they want to like structurally do things or they want to protect the skin, but the skin gets far too dark, especially in contrast with your black smoker. Um, but we put a bed sheet, like $10 bed sheet from Walmart on our pigs at night. And it is <laughs> a game changer. Been doing it a long time. I mean, it hasn't really changed the, the way that I cook because it's the only thing that I've done. But uh, I have cooked one, and I let one of the one of the shanks hang out accidentally, and <laughs> that that pig was like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful black leg. So, <laughs> yeah, you a bed sheet is great. I, I much prefer that than wrapping it in foil because foil uh, conducts heat, and so you might be overcooking your meat. Whereas a bed sheet just protects that beautiful skin and doesn't overcook anything. Wow. <laughs> a, 
Okay, you win yep. for the best ever answer to that question. <laughs> bedsheet. Yeah, a bedsheet. It works. <laughs> I'm going to ask this question, even though I know the answer. How much do you depend on technology in your approach? Mm, okay. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I don't believe in meat thermometers. So... I don't, there's not really any technology for me. <laughs> I knew that, I knew that was the answer. Oh, I just... school. It bothers me so much whenever, oh my God. You know what? <laughs> my technology is an alarm clock on my phone, if anything. That's the only technology I use. But it, when I do overnights, the most annoying thing in the world is my neighbors using those stupid gurus and they just beep and beep oh. and beep. And the guys are too drunk to get up and shut their shit off. So <laughs> it's just constantly going off. And it's like, dude, just know you're like, just set it up. You know how to make a fire. Why does this have to tell you? Get up. Just wake up and feed it. It's not hard. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> we had a we had a funny experience in Memphis because we were doing something and somebody was like, well, we need to make sure that it's only in there for four minutes. Four so minutes. one of the guys went, hey, Siri, set a timer for four minutes. And all the Food Network people were like, wow. And we were all like, you guys don't do that? Like, that's the best use for your phone yeah. ever. Like, okay, I'm setting sauce. I'm going to leave it in there for five minutes. I yeah. could tell my phone to do that. Yeah. And then <laughs> and they were all just like, they were like, uh. Wow. Yeah. If you walk off, you have your phone in your pocket. You don't have that stupid little timer that's 10 feet away from you that you can't hear because we've got right. this piggy pageant happening right now. Like, <laughs> no, you're I'm good. So, I thought for sure they were going to make me do that. I'm so glad I didn't have to. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dude, that was, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it was so uh, rough. I was just, uh, we have a toolbox in this front of our, of our trailer and none of them have rhythm. Like none of the participants have rhythm. And my first nickname before even Duchess was dancer. I studied dance in, in high school and college. And, uh, so I got up there and just started dancing and then like people would watch them and then just slowly start looking <laughs> like, Oh, you want to be a backup dancer? No, no, baby. I'm the main show. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. No. Don't don't use the word backup. No, no. <laughs> I think you would have been great though. You should do it. Uh, I don't. At know. least it's not the sauce wrestling. Yeah, that was some I, bullshit. <laughs> well, and I was I was talking a big game about that, and they're like, the guy that wins this every year used to be a UFC fighter or something. Like, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> you don't want any part of this. And then I you saw don't. the guy, and I'm like, nope. You don't want it. Plus, you <laughs> want to stand the next day, and you've got yeah. shit to do all weekend. You're good. And I don't like yeah the. Being covered in barbecue sauce, not appealing. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of crevices. And yeah. Nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody wants good. that. We're good. <laughs> we oh, have, oh my gosh, like I've covered like half the things. Oh, so sorry. I talk a lot. No, no. That means that we can do a part two later in the year, which will be oh, awesome. Please. But I do need to ask you, do you have any habits or rituals or routines that you have to do at a contest any superstitions mm, we always do a blind box beer um whenever oh. you got to get a fresh box or beer before you start blind box um 
I always time my walks uh, to the judge's tent. Um, I'm really glad we did it this year because we were so far away. Um, yeah. You guys are about the furthest away from the yeah. turnings. It took yeah. me, which I'm a very quick walker, it took me five and a half minutes to get to the judge's tent, whereas the average is about a minute and a half. So that was interesting. <laughs> Always do that. And then whenever you're making your blind boxes, um, wrap the edges in foil. Yeah. And you can pull them out. Mm-hmm. Super important. Save yourself yeah. some cleanup time. Yeah. But always have a blind box beer. Always. <laughs> yeah. You listen to music while you cook? No, not really. We I have what I call music Tourette's. Um, and a lot of my teammates do. We'll just start breaking out into song halfway through anything. So whenever we're prepping a hog, <laughs> we'll probably go through like three different songs. We'll never finish them. It's just something that we do. Yeah. <laughs> Usually we're just bitching at each other. Well, no, we're bitching at my dad uh, or just laughing. And uh, yeah, we, we have a saying, if Brian ain't bitching, it ain't barbecue. My dad is Brian. Or beef. <laughs> Um, yeah, we really don't listen to music just because there's always other people are, are playing music. So usually I'm dancing, um, while injecting a pig or, um, I don't know. I'm just always going to, if I'm having a bad time, it's probably not going to be a good weekend. So that's my ritual (laughs) is to have a good time. That's awesome. Get it. See, see, I said, set a timer (laughs) and she Mm -hmm. set a timer. Look at that. And I even had it, I even had it on do not disturb and she still did it. Um, (laughs) all right, let's hit these. We still have a bunch to talk about, but we're going to have a part two later in the year. Um, maybe after, after the Oktoberfest thing. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool to catch back up after that. Yeah. Let's do the rapid fire questions though, because these are my favorite. I'm here. I'm ready. What do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? Hmm. Um, I would say the amount of gas grills, hate that. I hate it. I hate it so much (laughs) that, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not barbecue. Oh, and, um, and, uh, encouraging the use of liquid smoke. Hate it. Don't do it. Not necessary. I agree. Mm -hmm. What is one of your favorite pre, during, or post-competition meals? Oh my God. Always Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chinese food, noodles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chinese. Amazing. I made a, uh, I made a Korean noodle dish last night for dinner. Mm. So <laughs> Mama Fuku. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, good. Yeah, stop it. Now you're, <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're playing with my emotions. <laughs> um, what is your favorite present that you like to give to people? Oh, wine. Ah. <laughs> Wine or make them uh, a meal that they don't have to think about. That's awesome. Yeah. Last question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything, getting a message out to millions or billions, Hmm. what would it say and why? Uh, It would say live a great story. Um, That was Gary Roark's motto. And Gary Roark, again, is the founder of U-Bonds. And it is true. Uh, it will always be true and living a great story means to live your life in a way that, um, makes others lives easier and better and happier because when you're doing that, you are living a happy, greater life yourself. 
Wow. This has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for taking the time. Where can people find you and find you bonds on online? I gotcha. Yeah. So, um, I am BBQ Duchess, uh, on Instagram and probably on Facebook. Yeah. I don't do TikTok. I'm just not that girl. Um, <laughs> and then you bonds is you bonds BBQ and it's U B O N S. Uh, and we are youbondsbbq.com online. Yeah. And you mentioned the Bloody Mary mix. I use that in my shrimp and grits. And oh, I like your style, you little Creole man. I got you. <laughs> it is fantastic, and it's always a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. But Oh, yeah. I just want to thank you again, and I'm so glad that you said hi to me whenever I met you at Turkey Turning. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, of course. Again, barbecue is so, so fun. And you always meet all sorts of characters, some fun, some not so fun. But uh, <laughs> life has a way of, of, of bringing happy people and fun people together. So you're just continually growing the family, baby. <laughs> well, great. And I look forward to catching up with you later this fall and yeah. see where your travels take you. Yeah. Well, you be safe, you carny. We're going <laughs> to keep this trail going. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the old Virginia smoke YouTube channel as well. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Old Virginia, Old Virginia Smoke.